The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. All right, Football Frenzy time. We'll get to it here in just a second. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. It's John Von Tobel. It's Cofield and company. Bad news, man. It just keeps coming for the Dodgers. Boo-hoo, evil empire, right? Every time you do an update on the Yankees or the Dodgers scuffling, uh, most people are like, tough luck. You got Bauer out for obvious reasons. Who knows when he's going to get cleared in that whole thing, if he's cleared anytime soon. if he's, you know, He might go to jail. Uh, update on the rotation, because they had Gonsolin go. Was that yesterday? Yep. Uh, they've got Walker Bueller, and then after that, you're like, uh, okay, Kershaw? Well, he's on the DL now. Or IL, as they call it. IL, elbow inflammation. And he's had a really good year, and he's been durable. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Clayton Kershaw is like the picture of durability and just consistency, right? Or last few years, every year you think he's going to be done. It's like, nah, you know, just a, a low, like mid to low three ERA, and we'll sit out there and we'll start as many games as possible, and we'll be absolutely fantastic. And he's been really good. You know, you're going to sell on, uh, unless did I miss Urias? I did. You know what? I didn't yeah. mention him. Yeah. I was say, so they still have him, and, and he's, he's been a monster. What does he have, 10 or 11 wins? Yeah. Yeah. So Bueller. Urias and uh, and Gonsolin are available right now. I would think it may turn into a disaster. They have to stretch out David Price. This is ridiculous. He's making like 16 mil a year to be a mop-up guy in middle innings. Throw him out there, you know, get him three, four, five, six innings coming up and see if it works. And then at that point, you got to make a decision. You'll know more about Bauer. You know more about Kershaw. And then you got to go trade for pitching. Uh, you know, Dodgers, listen, they're a really good organization. They've got incredible depth with their hitters. Their pitching depth, took a hit, you know, their plan over the years has been to have eight or nine starters because things happen. You want to go a little lighter in terms of the workload during the season, but they've lost some guys over the years like Alex Wood and Maeda moved on and Ryu moved on and they haven't replaced them. So, yep. boo! <laughs> Dodgers! So I'm glad to see maybe that they'll take a step back finally. Uh, I, I've enjoyed. Did you see the way they lost yesterday? Tell me. Uh, it's, it was, it was a runner going to third and extras for Miami, but then a wild throw. So then he gets to scramble off of the dirt and run home on a, a walk-off. So it was, real, it was a lot of fun to watch the Dodgers lose. And Gonsolin, he's only pitched, I think, after yesterday, a 17 innings or something like that. So it'll, it'll be good that he's back in the Giants field. plus 350 to win the division. Got that last week when the Dodgers were minus 230 to win the NL West. I don't believe in the San Francisco. I don't either. But at that number, <laughs> right. even though you'll, you'll hear me during some commercials say, I believe in them. I believe in the, the value. Yeah. Although the pod squad are going to present a problem here. Uh, interesting note. Otani hits another home run. So he's now got 32 homers and 12 steals. He's the first player ever, if I'm correct, to have that many homers and that many steals at the break. Which sounds weird, doesn't it? That, is it possible? Like, I think it's the 32 homers is the right. key number, not yeah. the 12 steals. Uh, there is a chance he would have to explode here. But the other record setter is Tatis. Tatis Jr. is on basically a 50-38 like 38 pace. 50 homer, 38 steal pace. So he's kind of right there with Otani's, you know, 32 and 12, you know, more steals, less home runs. Not in the same part. Come on. Oh, wow. Stop it. Show you Otani. Oh, well, we'll get, we'll get to some Otani stuff in the 5 o'clock hour. You're very insulted right now, the uh, comparisons. Oh. You're very fired up about the uh, All-Star game coming here. Another college All-Star game. Up for grabs. East-West Shrine game lands in Vegas at the Owl. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, look, I you know, when you're bored around that time and the All-Star games come on, you're like, yeah, let me tune in to see these guys and see what they got going on. 
But it, I, I think it's just a pretty neat experience. Go out there. It won't be like a raucous crowd. See some guys who are fighting for spots in the NFL draft. And, by the way, now you can sit back, you go watch, and you're like, hey, I was there. I was there when whatever player who is going to be participating in it becomes a Hall of Famer. Sounds like a cool event to go to. And it's an excuse to go to the Owl. You know, the more events that the right. Owl, you know, can house, it goes back to the, you know, the original proposal of $750 million, you know, in public money, plus, you know, another probably four or $500 million in road money for the area. Um, and the justification on the 750 was, hey, we think we're going to have about 52 events there a year. And people looked at it and they're like, 52 events? There's no way they're going to get there. They're slowly building the schedule back up, or maybe that's a possibility. And think about it, too, the weekend that it's, it's part of. So you get to go to the East-West Shrine game. Three days later, the Pro Bowl is going to be there. So it's just like, you know, a nice football stretch of football over at Legion. So finally getting your money's worth. Wouldn't it be nice for us? We're already the kind of the home, the, the U.S. basketball summer convention, mm-hmm. right, with Team USA here all the time, and then the NBA Summer League, and um, to a lesser extent now the high school stuff. Uh, and then we can have, you know, a big football weekend or weekends where, hey, this is one of the hubs of football in the United States. It should be. And especially like, look, like you said, we have been a offseason hub for a lot of these sports throughout the years. It would make a lot of sense. And now you're becoming more of a major market in terms of the sports field. So I think it would be fantastic and more events to support the city. It means more people coming in, means more money spent in our town. I think all of it would be fantastic. <laughs> I sort of chuckled on the Nikhil Harry news yesterday that he and his uh, team Harry are demanding a trade. I think the- He's not exactly in a position of strength here on either end. I was going to say, I think the Patriots are demanding a trade too. Like I always like it when the guys who don't perform at a very high level uh, go and demand a trade because they're unhappy with the situation as a whole. Uh, it has always made me laugh. So I would be with you. And look, I think this is this is really interesting because Nikhil Harry, for the most part, when they got drafted in the first round by the Patriots, you kind of expected like, hey, might be something here for New England, right? Big body guy, position dude. But he just got no, he could get no separation in the National Football League, was a poor possession guy. There's really no value to him in terms of what he is as a player. And you look at his numbers throughout his season, right? His first year in the league, only played in seven games. Last year, he played in 14, but only got 309 yards and 33 receptions. Like He's not a guy that's worth trading. So what are you going to get for? This isn't a pat on the back, and I'm not saying I know football better than Bill Belichick because I don't. But uh, when Harry was drafted, I said at the time, he seemed to me to be a better prospect as a tight end at his size than a wide receiver. So he's trimmed weight since he was at Arizona State. But I think if he had put weight on now, who knows if he's physical enough. You know, if you can handle all the, the inside dirty work to play tight end. But we'll say, I don't know, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk is uh, pushing for him. So former teammate is pushing for him with the Niners. So that already worked once. We'll get into a little tampering talk that already worked once with, uh, not that they played in college together, but A.J. Brown and Julio Jones when A.J. Brown was kind of recruiting him. Well, and I wouldn't say that for you when you're talking about it, you know more football than Bill Belichick. I, I've brought this up to you before. This has been one of my talking points with Belichick too. It's He gets a lot of credit for everything that he has done in this league. Yeah. But for the last few years, he has failed to scout offensive talent at a high level, and especially in the NFL draft, whether it's Sonny Michelle, whether it is in Kill Harry. You can go further and further down the list. He has been hit or miss with acquiring these receivers and these offensive parts, and it's why the offense is in the state that it's in over the last couple of seasons, right? Tom Brady didn't have that much talent around him his last year there. Uh, the season ago, they were very bad in terms of the explosive ability of their skill position players. A lot of that's on Belichick and his failure to scout the offense properly in the last few years. 
I've also seen people kind of building on what you're saying, say that uh, maybe Belichick's eye for offensive players isn't that great, but uh, even worse, their development of receivers, that they just haven't been real successful. Now, last year they had a little better luck, but over time they haven't really, or recently they haven't developed receivers. Right, well, and look, at it, there, it's a track record that has been developing since early 2010s, right? Because think about Belichick and what we have seen. They go and get Randy Moss, hit it out of the park, right? Because they're just trying to acquire. What is the key Patriot move? It is acquire veteran wide receiver either before the season starts in the middle of it. So whether it's Randy Moss, whether it's Chad Ochocinco, Mohamed Sanu last year, like we have we have evidence like year after year of him trying to acquire a guy that has already been established as a wide receiver because they can't develop or find a wide receiver through the draft. It's been a nightmare for him. <laughs> Is Derek Carr still talking about Devontae Adams? I thought this thing was done with the whole Fresno TV station where he said, you know, hey, I want to recruit him when he's available. Devontae Adams is like, uh, you know, I don't know what my future holds, so we'll see what happens. Uh, apparently, Carr did uh, the PFT podcast with Collinsworth, with Chris Collinsworth, and was talking about it again. I'm sure he was asked about it. But uh, he this time he said, Devontae, he's one of my best friends. I'm going to offer him whatever I got to offer. I'll buy him a car. Whatever I got to do, I'll offer that man. It's not allowed. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is because I was just joking two minutes ago. I thought A.J. Brown was like freaking clearly tampering when Julio Jones was still on the Falcons roster right. and kept posting social media messages. Now, do I care in the end? Like, I don't care in the NBA who LeBron talks to. Do I care about tampering? Come on. You don't think these guys talk to each other behind the scenes? Yeah. Now, in this case, it's public. I don't know. I wonder what the NFL will do, but can they do anything since they let A.J. Brown put up multiple social media posts saying, hey, I want Julio Jones, who's on another team? Right. Well, and Jalen Ramsey was all like, remember a couple weeks ago, Jalen Ramsey was like openly recruiting Stephon Gilmore. He was like <laughs> posting Instagram stories and just tagging Stephon Gilmore in it, like telling them to come over to L.A., like all of these things. I always like the recruiting aspect of a guy who's under contract, too. Like, what's he, like what are they supposed to do in those instances? Mm -hmm. But like this has become more prevalent where guys are just like, screw it. Let me just tweet at this guy. Come on over, man. Play. Let's do. What are they going to do about it? Do you think Carr uh, leaned on Raiders management or, I, I don't know, maybe talked to his agent to check the rules around the league? Because he did follow it up by saying, I know uh, Devontae Adams would fit great with the receivers we have here in Las Vegas with the Raiders, right? Good say. Uh, he would fit so well in that room. I'm allowed to say those things. Our organization isn't. But I'm <laughs> going to say it. He's my best friend, and I think he's one of the best. He's the best receiver in the NFL. Do we think they're legitimately best friends? <laughs> Or is that like one of those relationships where Carr calls him his best friend, but Devontae Adams is like, bro, like, you're not even like my fifth friend. Are you suggesting you have a relationship like that? Do you have someone who's like, John Von Tobel's my best friend? What if, what if it's the other way around? What if I'm saying that that person is my best friend and they're not? Have you had that happen in the past where you got nothing to know about? Just, just your spirit crushed? <laughs> John, I mean, the best friend thing. Stop, please. I mean, it does hurt me when Adam Hill doesn't respond to my text messages. I do think we're closer than that. But I did note you sent over a. Uh, a tweet convo slash attack today. And I, I read it because you were asking for a response and I read it and I was like, I don't understand it, but right. I could have, I could have, it was a group text. I could have texted back. I don't understand it. Well, I didn't. And then, and then, well, at, Mr. Hill's very busy. Right. Well, last it's USC night, week, he's very busy. Did you get ghosted last week on it? Well, that too. And yeah, I sent him, I sent him a video. <laughs> him and I have an affinity for retro bowl on, on the iPhones. It's a Ooh, game. This is really hurts. Cause and, you guys have a connection. Well, I see, I see that stuff from time to time. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Well, now there's retro goal. It's a soccer game. Ooh. And so I sent him a clip of a, a really sick header that I hit, and then nothing, nothing in terms of response. Yesterday in our group chat, Ryan McKinnell, like, photo, like, 
screenshot a text that I sent like a week ago. It was like, I this was, is hilarious. And I, I got like, totally thrown off because everything was out of order. I'm like, wait, did I miss something? I feel right. like I'm way behind here. Now I feel like the bad guy. Right. I was like, come on, man. I sent that like a week ago. I'm like, yes, it's hilarious, but come on. That's kind of cool, though. Someone yeah. sees something a week later and they still give you credit for being really funny. That's right. He's going through the messages, I guess. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Packers, Bears, any idea who's going to be there? Anybody who's going to be quarterbacking in the number 12 jersey? Yeah, I don't know, B.A. Let's see. How about September 12th then? How will you go for that one? What's that one? <laughs> that would be the opener against the Saints. Yeah, I don't know, B.A. We'll see. Okay. I know you're a Milwaukee guy. I know. Aaron, everybody is on their toes. They want to know, man. They want to know. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm just having a good time out here with Tom. I'm trying to talk to him about it. He's going to keep playing or not, you know? Now, back to Cofield and Company. Oh, he's so coy. Aaron Rodgers bouncing around a golf course during the match in the cart. Was there somebody chasing him? Because like he kept like looking over his shoulder like the whole time when they were talking to him. Aren't you careful when you drive the cart? You got to be looking around in case someone I mean, tries to pass you on the left or the right. You never know. The only ones out there. You don't want to get t-boned while you're playing golf. They're the only ones out there. Let's just go. Let's go. There's a lot of downhill moments in that course. That I wouldn't know. You didn't watch any of no, that. I didn't. Watch you just watched that, the highlights. That was the clip that I watched. <laughs> yeah. So that was Aaron Rodgers basically saying, "Yeah, I don't know. Stop what? asking." He does. I don't know what's going to happen with the Packers. Uh, let's talk some football. we got to talk parenting. John has another complaint about uh, parenting, and we only have so many dudes on the show, women on the show. Actually, we have a lot of parents. So uh, when John's in here, we get to do a little parenting talk. Caleb Herring's up, former UNLV quarterback. What's up, Caleb? What's up, guys? How you doing? We're good. We're good. I don't think Aaron Rodgers, uh, based on that conversation yesterday at the match, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Packers this year. What about you? I, I don't think so either. And, and what's even what? Like, listen, I don't think he is. I, I, don't I was kidding. I mean, I don't think you, you might be kidding. I think he's having so much fun with this, though. I like honestly, uh, that, that's what I take from it. I mean, who knows if he's going to actually play for the Packers? He's going to retire, but they're not dealing him apparently. So I mean, he's just having fun with this whole ordeal, like the circus around it. It seems like he's just loving being in the driver's seat. I don't know if I'd say for the first time in his career, but like where the circus about him being uncertain at quarterback or where he's going to play is just almost hilarious to him. The way, like, it's just like he's literally joy riding around a golf court, laughing about the uncertainty of not being a Packer for the first time. And so I, I think it's funny. I could see him not playing just the way he's living his best life right now. Um, but I mean, it's not going to be because the Packers trade him. It's, so I mean, if he wants to sit out a year, that he has every right to. But. I, I, I don't know. It's just funny to me to, to watch him kind of having fun with this whole thing. Caleb, you didn't watch, right, the match? Uh, I watched basically what Twitter would let you watch without right. actually tuning all the way in. So there were some moments that I've seen. I, I don't know if they were live or not, but I, I've seen some moments. But, no, I did not watch the full thing live. Yeah, I know. You don't have to lie. You didn't watch. Because uh, here's my thing, and I was telling Steve, like, I, I just didn't understand the timing of it. Like, what the hell were they thinking? Like, Tuesday, right before the NBA Finals, there's baseball. Hey, put, it on a, put it on a weekend where there's nothing going on, you know? Yeah, it, it was kind of weird to time it like that. I guess they didn't want viewership. I, I don't know. And the way they were, like I said, tracking everything on social media, it was almost more of a social media event than it was, a, like, a, a broadcast event. 
if that makes sense. I think the highlight of the whole thing was watching Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady play catch. Like, that was, like, my favorite thing, and it had nothing to do with golf. So, I mean, that was pretty cool, watching two of the greatest of all time kind of play catch. I, I was on the edge of my seat waiting and hoping for them. There's this game we used to play at quarterback camps where you kind of stand, uh, I think it was 10 yards apart from the other quarterback, and you just launch the ball as hard as you can at them. And the first guy to take a step back or to drop the ball loses the game. And I just wanted so bad for that to be what they were doing when they were playing catch, but it didn't, it didn't turn out that way. Can you imagine John or I doing that with you and getting beyond one throw? You know what? I could. I could imagine it because, I could, Steve, I could see you. You could probably take a good shot to the chest with the ball but not let it hit the ground. So I could see you making it past one throw. Oh, wow. Thanks, man. I appreciate and, the credit there. I and me? I mean... Uh. <laughs> well, David, I, I think you could too. I'm not going to... But I, I've seen Steve in action on the sidelines at games, so I'm, I, I trust his nimble <laughs> nature a little bit more, than, I think, than I, than I would. And having not seen you in any athletic capacity yeah. so far. When he's fueled up on uh, hot coffee and baked potatoes. Yes, when I have my pregame meal. Of, uh, now, here's this is the only uh, athleticism that Caleb has seen on the sidelines. Is and I'm I'm setting myself up. I have not been run over yet by any play coming at me. It'll happen, but I am uh, I am mostly head on the year, swivel. <laughs> now now it's going to happen this year. Thanks to what you just said, this know, year right? we'll have to have AMR on standby. Because you might get taken out, man. And I'm, I'm going to be watching with my binoculars from up in the booth. More games, more opportunities, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Ari, right, you've marked this, right? Okay, good. I don't know if Ari's even there. He's there. He's okay. there. He's paying attention. He's marking it as we speak. Caleb Herring's with us. Uh, I want the athlete take on this one. It's kind of a weird one. But, uh, you know, we talk about the transfer portal all the time. And, you know, we, we got into it pretty deep. And it's like, hey, you know, you, you're going to leave a school – you're leaving relationships. You're taking a risk by going somewhere else. Obviously, there's educational concerns. A lot of guys went in the transfer portal, didn't even find a home. We saw that with UNLV football. A bunch of guys um, really had a tough time finding the next spot. So from the basketball program at UNLV, Nick Blake transferred about a month ago. He's going to Pacific. Well, Damon Stoudemire was the coach there. He just decided to leave to go be an assistant for the Celtics. I can only imagine what Nick Blake is thinking right now. Like, hey, fresh start. I choose Pacific over some other schools. And now the coach is gone. Yeah, and uh, if you're going to be going in a transfer portal and leaving a school, you're, uh, I'm assuming that the head coach of that new school had a lot to do with why you're right. leaving, right? And this is kind of the risk when you have kids that are jumping ship and, and trying to find that new home. It's almost like the 80-20 rule in relationships, right? Like you got 80% of you what you want, and then you're chasing that last 20, so you're thinking you're going to jump. But then you leave to a Pacific, for instance, and then you have the coach leave. And now that new school that looked like a good idea only has 20% of the things that you wanted. And you're now in maybe a worse situation than you were before. Um, so it, it, it's the risk you run. And I think it really stinks. And it, it, you know, I take, there's, it happens in multiple ways, uh, right? It, when, whether it's signing day and signing on to a school and getting there and the coach takes a job uh, somewhere else or gets fired. And that actually happened to me. So I know how that goes, but there's always that risk when when you're signing up to uh, to attend a college for for a scholarship that that's going to happen to you. I just think the transfer portal is one of those ways in which you you really add risk to your own situation by making that leap, and you never know what you're jumping into. Um, these coaches have no duty to to divulge to you that they're in talks with a new job or that their job's possibly on the line or 
this is their last season coaching or they're going to retire, whatever. The coaches have no responsibility to do that for you. They're going to say whatever they got to do to get you to come to that university, to that program. And it's up to you to have the, the ability as a, as a young kid, as an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, to kind of sift through that and, and make sure that you're making the right decision um, and you're making it with the fullest conviction. Because now, if you're Nick Blake, you're stuck in a situation that's not what you thought it was going to be. Are you so sure of yourself and are you so sure of your talent um, in your new situation that you're going to be okay with that? And a lot of the times you'll see that the answer is just no. And that's, I think, the transfer portal, as new as it is, um, as, as much as it's grown over the past few seasons, I think there's some serious consequences that, that both players and organizations have to realize that go along with this. You, you might see the benefits of it, but there's a lot more, in my opinion, downside to jumping in the portal prematurely. And it, it, I think it should be handled with more care than it has been over the past few seasons. And uh, Pacific did boost up one of the assistants. Uh, Leonard Perry moves up. So there's some continuity there. And the other reason, you know, the other hook at uh, Pacific is former UNLV player Justin Hawkins. So that's one of the connects for Nick Blake. So I, I, I hope it all works out, but just wanted to put it out there that Stoudemire has moved on to the NBA. All right, some NFL news with Caleb Herring. Uh, what do you think of the Trevor Lawrence contract, the impact of it? Well, I, I think, you know, you get a cool, you get your guy, right? This is You went to normal pick with this guy and, and – He's supposed to be the quarterback of the future. So things projecting as they should, I think that it would have been a bigger concern if he wasn't signed going into camp or something like that. That would have probably raised more antennas than anything. But I think what you do, you lock up your guy for the next four or five years with that player player option at the end. You pretty much get your guy. Uh, so that's one piece of the puzzle that's turning the Jaguars around that you have in place. And basically I think what Urban Meyer does is basically – buy himself a three-year window to say we're building towards something. Um, I think anybody realistically who thinks that, you know, albeit he's going to be one of the top 20 highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL just without having played a snap, which is kind of crazy for me to just to even think about. I mean, there's a playoff quarterback that he's making more money than, which is just weird to me. But but either way, the Jaguars got their guy, and I think what, what, what Evermeyer has done is basically say, i got a three-year window here with this quarterback to make – everything around him adequate to work and to turn the ship around. So um, that's the way I see it. And anybody who expects that, you know, Trevor Lawrence signing and that being the, the golden ticket, so to speak, for the Jaguars to become a successful franchise um, would have been kidding themselves anyway. But I think Urban Meyer has some building to do. I think you can't waste uh, your time with Tim Tebow's at tight end um, anymore if you're going to really try to construct this thing to give Trevor Lawrence the best opportunity to come through in this contract. But then if he does turn out to be the next, you know, big thing in the NFL over the next three to four years, you're basically going to say, it, unless he decides to want to renegotiate and restructure the contract early, you're saying you've locked in a quarterback uh, under market value at that time. So is it three years down the road? I, I think if he's projected or he gets to where even, you know, close to where he's projected to be as an NFL star, he's going to be a discount in three years. And that's your opportunity. That's your window, depending on how the cap space looks on the rest of the team, to go after – a winning team and, and try to make a run for it. So I think that's what you set yourself up for with the contract. It makes sense. The Jaguars think he's a guy. He's shown them enough in OTAs and, and, and whatever else, other capacities, to let them believe that he's the guy. So we'll see how things shake up and what kind of roster they can build around him. So I'm glad you you know you mentioned Tebow, and I agree, kind of a distraction. Also a distraction, potentially, hot moms. 
And that leads us to what's going on here with Zach Wilson, uh, because Zach Wilson apparently has had to try to bribe his mom into taking her Instagram down. And uh, that has not worked, Caleb. We know how New York is. Is Zach Wilson's mom going to be a distraction here and derail the young and fledgling career of Zach Wilson? She already is a distraction. And I, I mean, it's, it's past distraction at this point. I mean, it's one thing for Zach Wilson himself to have to, you know, openly to her come out and say, hey, can you take it down to the point where you're offering your mom money? That's just beyond me. I think, you know, most mothers out there, or I shouldn't say most, but in, in the same situation would realize, hey, this is hurting my son. Who cares who else is hurting or who else is in pain? My son's asking me something to the point where he thinks he needs to offer me money for it. I, I think I should just heed his word and step out of the way. Um, but no, you kind of, you, you, not only do you continue on social media, but you then basically out him to the world as offering you money to stop. And I don't think that's something necessarily that a grown man who's trying to take over as the quarterback of a New York football team wants the world to know. Like, you can't even control your mother. Like, how are you going to control, you know, defense? How are you going to control this offense? How are you going to control Jets fans? How are you going to control that narrative? You can't keep a lid on your mother. And, you know, that's not to say that he should, but it's just, it's a distraction already. There's a circus around it. And, you know, her, 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 prerogative is her own and we i can't judge her for what she's done she's apparently uh you know helping people I, she's an ex ellen degeneres based on no. the way she's talking about herself but i it's absolutely a distraction and especially for a guy who's unproven in league yet you want to minimize distractions so you can focus on the task at hand and if it's to a point where it's bothersome to him and in, in his current predicament i don't know if his mom understands how serious it is to be the quarterback of the new york jets uh at this current juncture in time but um, he's distracted by it, and I think his mom should have some sensitivity to that at least and not basically out him to the world and say, no, I'm going to keep going, Zach, nice try. You can keep your money. That, that to me, was just kind of weird and, and off-putting you know, for, for Zach to have to be going through that before even setting foot on the field. Her arrogance, too, in talking about saving lives was absolutely incredible when she talked about not pulling it down. Let me, I'll ask you this, though. If you're on defense, you're laying on top of Zach Wilson after taking him down. You're whispering something to him about his mom, right? His, his mother's his mother's absolutely being brought up. Now, I'm not going to say that that you know it's it, it's appropriate. I'm not going to say that anybody should, but I'm absolutely going to say, hope your mom, you know, puts that on Instagram or something. Like, you know, that's going to be said to him. It's anything, you know, you talk about bulletin board material, like what head coaches say. Imagine if the bulletin board material is what your mom said, like that. Ah, oh, that's got to be a psychological psychological trip, like for him to even think about the trash talk that's coming his way on week one because of that. That's going to be crazy. I saw your mom's IG live last night. Like, just as you're getting up <laughs> off of him. Like, Stop. <laughs> Stop. Please. Oh, All right, let's dude. get to dads. What's your dad story? Oh, and I would like – Caleb, I'm sorry. How old is uh, how old is your child? Uh, he's six going on seven. it be seven in August. So, like, one of the things that I, I tried to do is uh, – for those who don't know, I, I grew up in the area around uh, Helen Meyer Park – and so I tried to take them the other day out to the park, and they have, like, a nice little water area. It's not like a pool, but, you know, it's sprinklers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but overcrowded, like, there was no room there. So he really wants to go to the park, loves the park. So we took him to another one up the street. Bro, it is so freaking hot. I I, I don't know. I feel bad for my child because, like, outside of taking him to the trampoline place, things like that, like, there's not many activities. He loves to go outside, and I have no idea what to do with this heat. So – a solution that I have, you know, I've got my backyard done. It's finished now. So what we do to go outside is I, I bought him water guns. So we use the water gun thing just to get him out of the house. Because parks during these, like, kind of heat waves and during the summer in general are 
in my opinion, they're hazardous to children. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I remember when he was just my first time going around with him, trying to find a park to go to in the summertime because he's, you know, out of school and he wants to get out and go play. And the slides are, like, boiling hot. It, I mean, it, it's just like he turns flush red, um, like, instantly almost just because it's too hot. It's, it, you can't do it. And it's almost like, you know, people that walk their dogs without the little shoes during the summertime and how that's like a thing, like you're not supposed to do that. That's how I feel about taking my son to the park during the summertime um, when the heat's like it is. Like it was, what, 115 yesterday? Like I'm not taking him out there. It's almost, it's torture. I want him to play. So you just got to find like creative solutions. So I, my solution, I, we have water gun battles in our own backyard um, where we can control how long we're out there. We don't got to be stranded in the middle of a park. Um, we're both, we're using burning energy, um, running around, and then we're also cooling off with, with the water gun. So that, there's limited ways to be outside in Vegas if it's not the pool. Um, so that, that's one of the ways we do it. We just go outside in the backyard and have water gun fights. It's a brilliant idea. I'm actually going to do that. That's a really good idea. <laughs> it, it works, man, I'm telling you. And the, yeah, the water feels even colder coming out when it's hot like this outside. So I think we might go out back and, and, and get that done today, actually, when we're done here. And I also, I'm going to take that idea to the full extent, so I, I will be coming to use your backyard as well. I assume that's what you meant. <laughs> that was the whole that's point of this. The, the whole point. So full story, you're going to use the, the actual, like, cut and paste idea. It's going to yeah. be I'm going to use your bottom. water guns, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, just be prepared because I don't play fair when it comes to water gun fights. So you and your kid wow. can, oh. can come have fun in the backyard, but just there there'll be might, might be a few miscellaneous water balloons chucked your way. Just be prepared for that. So this is actually I, – I don't want to open this can of worms. You're a former athlete. So my – and this isn't to say that I am on the level of an athlete, but my wife was getting upset with me the other day because my kid wanted to race up the stairs to the door. And I was like, okay, yeah, and I beat him. And my, my wife was like, he doesn't win. Yeah, you can't let him win. What, you, you say let them win? No, no, he, you don't. I'm, right. I'm absolutely okay. with you. There's nothing that he will do in his life where he challenges me that he will be allowed to win. Nothing. If he beats me, he beats me. But – you're going to be like 22 years old before that happens. No, I don't let kids win anything. Life doesn't let you win. You need to learn how to lose with grace as well and then get better until you can beat me. No, there's no such thing as a, a giving up victory. No, no. I, if, yep. if I'm, I won't go so far as to say that if he gets like a participation award at a science fair or something like that, that I'll, I'll make him take it back and say we don't, you know, I, I won't do that. But if he's competing against me, no, there's no way I'm letting him win. He's going to have to earn it. Preach. Preach. Tough dads. I like to hear it. <laughs> All right, Caleb. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good one. Stay cool. See you, man. Wow. Like it. Yeah, Isabel was like, you got to let him win. I'm like, why? Well, I mean, he's young. No. You know, it's funny. You know, I, I think at your age, I would have thought the same thing. But now at my age, I'm like, yeah, let, let him win. Get a little confidence. You know what he did to me today? Is he, he did, by the way, is he a crier? Does he does he get like pissed off like that pissed off? Like he, he's when a, he loses? Well, no, he's a crier in the sense that like if we're leaving the park, he doesn't want to leave. Right. right. But like when he loses, he's not like it doesn't okay. register to him. But like today, you know what he did to me today? So we did it again. Every time we cope, say so he wants to race upstairs. And so I did like I did the thing of like making my life happy. I was like, oh, I'm going to win. And I didn't. He bodied me. Like, he he threw his body into my leg to then get me out of the way so he could touch the door first. So I'm like, okay, next time it's on. It's on. Coming up, the Fat Pack. I got a new beer that we have to try. Uh, it sounds flavorful. I'm just not sure I'm all in yet. The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind. 
better to talk about food than these two. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. C'è la luna e mezzo mare, mamma mia, me mare da te. All right, let's get the latest uh, food and drink up today. Sometimes we talk about clothing, I don't know, you know, Rat Pack, all Natalie attired, whatever we want to talk about at 4.30. Generally, it's uh, something for the big fellas out there and the big ladies and the skinny ladies, you know. Skinny ladies can eat, right? We saw that in the hot dog eating contest. Have you seen, hey, you're, a, you're, you're, a very, you're a man who's active on TikTok. There was a TikTok that was up. Uh, it was a, uh, a man filming. His girlfriend and or wife was walking ahead of him, and another person in the BMW pulls up and actually tries to hit on the wife of the man filming and revs his engine of his really cool sports car. Oh, my God. And the dude filming goes up to him and goes, bro, you need a food truck or something. Get the hell out of here. Like, that's not impressive. <laughs> that's awesome. What a great line. That is an awesome line. I love it. So we're seeing a lot of the fruity options now with the drinks, right? A lot of seltzers. Adam Bill tried seltzers. one on our podcast the other day. What did he try? Did the new Bud Light Strawberry Lemonade. Okay. He said it was good. Okay. Not as big on the lemonades and the iced teas. I think they're too sweet. I'm not a big tea guy. I can, you can yeah. get me with the lemonade, but I'm not a big tea guy. Uh, you know, I've thrown it out there. Um, you know, whatever you think of me as a man. Uh, I like Natterdays from Natty Light. Really good stuff. Okay. Bush Light is up. I didn't realize this was around in the past, but just saw the tweet from at Bush Beer. Bush Light Apple is back. Can we get some feedback at Steve Cofield at ESPN Las Vegas? Has anyone had the Bush Light Apple? It's back for a limited time. Is there a chance it's good? Are people excited about this? You know, I if I hadn't wow if I hadn't tried uh, the Natter Days, I would have never known. I would have assumed it was crap, and it's actually really good. Well, I think. According to one response to the original tweet from Bush Beer, uh, Zach says, why not give any love to Nevada? I mean, the distributor here says that they don't see Bush Apple coming to the West Coast at all this year. Yeah. Now, somebody else also said, I went apple picking today and got a lot of Bush oh, wow. Apple. What are, what are we looking at? Uh, uh, one, two, three, four. Nine, 12 packs? Eight, uh, 10, 12 packs. If I do math, four, four, and two. Yeah. So, I mean, and one person alleged that they drove from Jacksonville to get this. So, would you be that crazy about a certain no. beer? I, okay, I would. Um, I've had an issue lately. Uh, I think Hill actually drinks this. He gets the tall cans at probably convenience stores. The Catalina Lime Mixer is also a Natty Light product. It's a seltzer. I know about the mother Catalina Wine Mixer. Exactly. Play <laughs> off of that, right? There's Aloha Beaches. Um, and then I think there's House Rules. The They've disappeared from the city. Okay. This this beer or the seltzer that I like. So I actually I found a place that had I think it was six twelve packs and I was gonna buy all six. But then okay. I felt a little guilty. Oh, should wow. I have just bought all yeah, six? Yeah, you should have. So like my wife has this thing where the Bud Light Margaritas, like they used to sell them a lot out here. Sure. And she Margaritas. And she likes the classic ones, but they just like disappeared. They just stopped selling them out here. And when we went to California on a trip at one point, she just found one in a random Chevron. She bought every single one that was on the shelf. Okay, next time I do it. If it's something you like, do it. Let's go. Next time I do it. Buy them all. Stock it up. I bought. I had to buy all of the Paw Patrol Frosted Mini Wheats the other day. For me, not my son. If you could buy the last chain restaurant that you love and you know is going away, if you had the money, would you do it? Just so you could eat their food? I mean, 
there's there's a, there's a lot of the last of a chain restaurant. I'll just I'll do the the playoff of this tweet from a couple of days ago. Running it back, you're transported in 1996 at your birthday. Which of these spots are you choosing for dinner? It's 1996. Mm. Would you go to Bennigan's, Houlihan's, Chee Chee's, or Sizzler? Oh, well. Sizzler, Chee Chee's, Houlihan's, Bennigan's. Um, Ari, can we retweet this because it actually it didn't really get much response. Uh, I'm seeing only like 30 responses. I would think this would be a runaway. Again, it's 1996. It's your birthday. Where are you going to go to? Uh, these are all places that have seen the better days. Houlihan's, Bennigan's, Sizzler, and Chi-Chi's. Uh, Sizzler, right? That's the that's the response. I figure that's the runaway. I mean, because that, that's the only place out of those four that I've ever been to. So, and okay. back in the day, Sizzler. I mean. I have many memories of being a child and going to the Sizzler right there that was on Spring Mountain Rainbow for a while, right? Okay. Uh, and we, yeah, so I would say Sizzler. I enjoy Sizzler. Now, this is, Adam made fun of me because I remember as a child really liking also another place. The fancy used, dinner at Sizzler. Uh, that used to be in the parking lot of the Meadows Mall, Furs. Well, I don't remember that one. What yeah, was that? Furs, it's like a kitchen, like I guess, or something of that nature. How do you spell it? Uh, F-E-R-R. Oh, Furs Cafeteria? Yeah, Fur, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They used to have one in the parking lot of the Meadows Mall, and I remember that being the bomb. Now, why was it the bomb? I don't know, because I just remember getting macaroni and cheese and jello all the time. <laughs> and maybe I only went one time. You know how, like, when you're, like, really small and you just have these grandiose memories of things, and maybe sure. you just went one time and that was it? But I remember digging it. So if you give me the option of Sizzlers or Furs, for nostalgia's sake, I'll go Furs. Are they all out? Are they all gone? Do we know? I think so. I haven't seen one ever. Furs Kitchen? Hmm. It says as of 2018, uh, December 2018, there were still 21 Furs Fresh Buffets located okay. throughout Arizona, Arkansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Texas. That's three years ago, though, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Roy and Kiefer had their first Furs restaurants in, uh, in Hobbs in southeastern New Mexico. That's right. It's great. That probably only went once. 2002, December, uh, Las Vegas locations both closed. Oh, you lost out. Yep. I remember the day. I've never heard of first. Ari, your input on the four spots. Bennigan's, Hulan's, Chi-Chi, Sizzler. No shot. I would like to add Ponderosa should be on there. Okay, well, you can't add, but I, but I, I agree. That was a good chain steakhouse. Um, this is tough. I will go with – I often confuse Bennigan's and Hulan's. I'm going to go with Bennigan's, though. Okay, strong choice. Strong choice. I'd like to look up the Bennigan's menu because I enjoyed the Bennigan's menu. I feel like they might have been one of the first that had some sort of pretzel sandwich. Um, very big in my early 20s on dessert. Really? So if I could go somewhere like after a movie with the girlfriend and go get maybe like a Snickers pie, I feel like Bennigan's might have been a place that had that. But uh, not the winner. Sizzler's the winner, of course. Come on. Uh, let's see. Cheap steaks and a salad bar. Let's do it. You can go with the uh, turkey O'Toole or the grilled chicken O'Toole, both served on a pretzel bun. Is that right? You yeah, found yeah, out that yeah, quick? Yeah. I, might, I might have gotten a turkey O'Toole more than a few times. Can you find any desserts there? Am I wrong on this? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at this is one of them right here. They had the, let's see, the brownie bottom pie. Hello. The uh, legendary death by chocolate. Yep. The New York cheesecake. Homemade bread pudding with praline oh, sauce. I've never been a big order dessert at the restaurant type of thing. I don't do it anymore because uh, I think as you get older and fatter, you can eat less, and I always gorge too early, and I can never get dessert. Oh, I just always think there's just better options. Really? Yeah. But you understand what I was describing there. Oh, yeah. It was the end of a date. Let's go 
you know, let's watch a movie and then go get a dessert, right. which not to get too graphic, probably wasn't the most efficient for end of the night. Right. What you're going to do after. Tookish, yeah. I mean, like, why would you load up on a dessert right. when you're going to try to make things work at the end of the night? Right, Ari? Ari's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never employed that method. I'm actually dying laughing over here. Yes. <laughs> what? That, that I was making a run at Tookish in my early 20s? It's close no, out tonight. you're totally right. Let me, let me wipe the, uh, the the Snickers pie off my face and let's go. I, Smooch it up. It's getting gross now. Go ahead, John. What's wrong? You're looking no, sick. He's well, looking all gross. No, because I have a story too, but it's just, uh, let's, you know, made a nice tortilla soup. Come on over. <laughs> Is that what it was? It's not the best dress. <laughs> did you actually make tortilla soup? I did. For a lady? Yeah. Really? What's the problem there? You get gassy? <laughs> Well, it's just like on full stomachs and yeah. extracurricular activities. It's yeah. just, it's not the best. Let's take it slow. All right. No twisting around like a pair of alligators in a fight. Yes. And then I went to play roller hockey later that night. That was not great either. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was, so I've told you the story of my roller I've hockey. I've never heard this one before. I've told you the are story. You, are like, you telling me you had tortilla soup, you may have gotten some action, and then you're like, we got to cut the night short. Thanks. I have to go play hockey. That's exactly what happened. You did? Yeah. Wow. That's gangster. What a rep you have now. You reveal. I hope your wife's not listening. Well, and they, I hope it's not your wife. Uh, well, <laughs> I hope you didn't do it to her. And the, that was I told you the story of my roller hockey debut as a goalie, which a 14 year old kid just completely schooled me, and his mom was cheering in the stands and just like heckling me to death. And somebody just shout, shouted from the other side, "It's his first time!" All happened on the same day. What a day! It was quite the day. <clears throat> All right, we got a full baseball board just about of finals to go through. Another no-hitter. doesn't count, but another no-hitter. And uh, interesting Dodger news, man. They have injury news, and now we've got an update on Trevor Bauer. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. All right, let's get you some baseball numbers, some results. Our Eye on Sports betting. We'll get to the Stanley Cup final game number five here in just a second. But very busy baseball afternoon. Did you bet anything in baseball? Uh, no, I did not bet anything today. Okay. Um, had some other work to do, so I didn't really okay. get involved in okay. the Okay, no excuses needed. Either Gonna bet every day, Steve. No. Uh, Reds were minus 133 today against Kansas City. 5-2 final. Uh, interesting note in this one. I don't know how crazy you were as a competitor but uh, apparently Sonny Gray is either nuts or uh, just gets really worked up. He gave up two runs in the fourth to Kansas City. The Reds were down 2 nothing. Uh says, according to one report, uh, after the inning, Gray stripped off everything he was wearing except his cleats and then changed all of his clothing. Okay. And uh, then retired nine straight. Nice. Got runs in the seventh, gets the win. He goes seven strong, giving up two runs. So I don't know what that means. Uh, you didn't get a first. You didn't get a first five winner because I know a lot of people, you know, play the first five. Uh, Royals blew it late, but Sonny Gray apparently uh, stripped down to nothing and it worked. So he did that in the, the club, like the dugout. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know because that, that detail of stripped down to everything but his cleats is very. Because think about it, like how are you getting the baseball pants on if you're leaving the cleats on? Maybe he changed. Every, maybe the person meant he changed everything but the cleats. Maybe he didn't have a second pair of cleats. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's maybe see. Uh, see Trent Rosecrans on this. Sonny Gray stripped naked after the fourth inning and changed everything but his cleats to, quote, reset and start over. He retired the next nine in order after that. Okay. Good. 
That's solid. Now, it would be weirder if he stripped everything <laughs> and then just put the exact same stuff back on, but right. he just, like, just something just about his feng shui. Yeah. And just, you know, flop around a little bit. <laughs> let it, let it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, the... The Angels, don't forget the Angels. Uh, we'll get to them in the 5 o'clock hour. We got a whole Otani love fest set up for you. Yeah. Uh, the Rays sweep Cleveland. Yep. They actually throw a no-hitter in game number two, a seven-inning no-hitter. Uh, you mentioned the Angels beat the Red Sox 5-4. to four. Angels were plus 113. Took two or three, baby. And in that one, uh, Dodgers right now are down 2-1. It's in the third. Bad news. I'm not going to say it's bad news. It's probably necessary news. One, uh, Clayton Kershaw is on the 10-day IL. That's bad news. That's not necessary. Uh, but another note, Trevor Bauer, this is a headline, Trevor Bauer not expected back on seven-day leave ends Friday. Dodgers pull the pitcher's merchandise. And I think they also had a bobblehead. They, yeah, they also removed Trevor Bauer bobblehead night from their promotional calendar. Uh, that was set for August 19th. Okay. What do you do with all those bobbleheads? You know, it's tough finding out a, a a specific date when these suspensions end. But I this should give us a clue that the Dodgers are very worried about this. Bobblehead night, August 19th, out. No Trevor Bauer bobblehead, well, out. Like we talked about, right? When you put them on that list, like it, you can't bring them back until everything's over. Because it, it, it doesn't make sense to, well, put them on the list for seven days. And then we'll bring them back even though everything's still exactly the same as it was when we put them on the list. So until everything is settled, I mean, how do you bring him back? Like... Yeah, I think he might be done for the year. Dodgers has tied the game 2-2. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I would anticipate, if I was a Dodgers fan, that he ain't pitching the rest of the season. Things could change quickly. There could be a settlement. You know, these are tough cases to investigate. Um, again, Dodgers 2-2 now against the Marlins. Third inning, uh, Dodgers came into that one as a favorite at minus 160. Uh, I had a winner last night. I spite bet sometimes. Okay. And I'm, I'm probably about 30% of my spite bets. Right? I most, see I see someone and I'm like I don't I'm not down with that I don't the most plus EV situation no it really isn't but uh, I sent you one last night I sent it early of course it was eight nothing by that point so I was getting ready to crow um, there's a guy who used to work at WFAN kid from uh, Syracuse uh, Yastrzemski mm-hmm. who uh, just Ramsky who uh, got stolen away by the ringer and now he's a gambling guy apparently and I pointed out there was a Notre Dame game was it the Notre Dame Alabama game whatever whatever Notre Dame game late when. Uh, he was whining about, like, oh, you know, I didn't deserve that loss. And it's like, this is, sounds so bad as a supposed gambling expert. And I saw something last night from him where someone said they were going to – oh, they, they sent out the Yankees, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes before the game. Yankees were minus 160. It was uh, Sheffield for the Mariners and Tyon for the Yankees. And I remember Dave Koken earlier today, we had talked about the game, and he's like, actually, you know what, the Yankees are pretty good value even though they're not playing good baseball. And he laid out this whole case that Sheffield has just been – Terrible, mm-hmm. and Tyan actually has been pretty decent his last two times out. So anyway, the uh, the kid who's over at the Ringer now, their gambling expert, said uh, mocking on someone else who was picking the Yankees minus one sixty is everything okay? Asking for a friend would never in a million years lay one sixty with Tyon and this miserable Yankee team. Now, if that's a bit, that's fine. But if that's actually your your kind of your gambling attitude on a team that's what forty two and forty one, mm-hmm. you know, miserable. It's just like, is that how you handicap? Really? Well, Do you get all caught in your emotions. Um, also finished. By the, the way, they won twelve to one. Yeah, but also finished the tweet. Yeah, then he then he kind of like half-assed his way back in, where he's like, "Well, just for you, I might do a run line," right. which I guess gives him the, the the out. Like, oh, I bet run line. But that makes no sense, right? Why doesn't it, it make sense? Oh, okay. So minus one sixty. People do this all the time, right? Where it's like 
I won't lay a price over 150. And it's like, what? If the edge is there, it's an edge. Mm -hmm. What did we talk about before the Tampa Bay series? And it's not over, but that given everything that we saw from a power rating perspective, minus 280 on the Tampa Bay Lightning to win that series, it's probably some pretty good value on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's the same thing here, but even on top of that, you're saying you won't let a dollar sixty for the Yankees to just win, but you'll lay a run and a half because it's a plus price? Because <laughs> people just see plus prices and like they, they think plus is synonymous with value. And that's not the case. So do you do you read people who are new to the space and see stuff like this and you're like, eh, no good. Not good. Not solid thinking. I, well, I think that, you know, yeah. but I also look I, like because I use my own work as a frame of reference, which is you can always get better, right? right? You don't know what the person is doing like behind the scenes to work toward getting better, right? You know, I spent a lot of time reading books and studying and doing all these things, and I still do it because, you know, you never want to get stale. You always want to get better and learn a little bit more. So, you know, you make mistakes. I made mistakes early on when I was covering sports gambling, and I'm by no far an expert, you know? Somebody tweeted me today, so you call yourself an expert. I was like, I'm actually – you can go through. I have never once referred to myself as an expert. And when people do, I kind of cringe because I'm like, I don't think I am. Like, I'll dedicate myself to learning and getting better. But you just you never know when somebody like that is maybe making a small mistake, but still learning on the side to potentially get better as somebody who covers the space. On the way back, we'll get you ready with the numbers, the final numbers before uh, next game in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, the puck drops around 515 and we'll have the big five. And yes, it'll be a, a very celebratory show. Hey, Otani, big five. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.